Welcome to Club Management. I'm your host, DJ Shannon, and on this show, we talk to artists, DJs, and industry professionals on how they're changing their community through music. You can listen to the show on any platform like SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Just type Club Management. And this is episode 48. We are back here on the pod and sorry about uh, the last show. It is, this is actually episode 48. I said episode 48 on the last one, not realizing that that was episode 47. This is episode 48, so my bad. And one of the last episodes of 2021, oh my God. I just want to thank everyone for showing immense love over the year about the podcast. I mean, I'm literally blown away by the messages, the shout outs, the random stops when I'm out just saying, hey, like I listen to the podcast. That means the world to me. Thank you to the folks who are subscribing to Patreon. Shout out to Bridget, who is one of our new subscribers. I mean, much love to all of you. I, I really, you know, I'm thinking about next year and already planning ahead on all the different conversations and shows that I have planned. And I don't really have any real resolutions for next year besides staying consistent with the podcast, with the DJ gigs. I mean, one thing that I really took away from this year is how consistency can really help you just hone your craft. You know, for me, it didn't really mean that I had to be the best DJ. It didn't really mean that I had to be the best podcast host, right? It was just building that skill and that process of following through with a commitment that was important to me, you know, like on those days where I didn't want to record, I said to myself, you know what, I want to follow through with those goals, those intentions that I've set for the year and just, just keep going. And that's what's really sustained me. And I just wanted to just take that time out to, you know, give that kind of word of advice to you if you're thinking about, you know, being the best at something, or if you're just trying to like get better at anything, it really comes through consistency. Consistency is the building block of longevity. And so I just challenge you in those moments where you feel like you're not doing enough, or you just feel like giving up, try to stay consistent because it's really going to help you in the long run with that long-term goal. So let's get into it for one of the last club management episodes of 2021. I bring you a lovely conversation with NTS radio host and DJ Spinurita. The Los Angeles native has been serving up listeners fresh new music from a bevy of different genres on her long-running NTS show, Casual Play. I mean, it's an absolute pleasure to listen to. Whether she's scratching through broken beat, hip-hop, or disco tunes, there's no shortage of fun listening to the energetic radio host's dynamic mixes and live sets. Like many of us DJs, Spinurita was left wondering how to connect with fans when the pandemic hit last year. But after toying around with her live stream setup at home, the busy DJ found success on Twitch, quickly pulling in over 10,000 followers on the platform with her superb record collection and sunny personality. Hey, Star, hey, you're our 10,000 homie. <laughs> oh my goodness, thank y'all so much. I appreciate it. You don't understand how much I appreciate you. Thank you. I spoke to Spinurita about the success of her Twitch show, how she took the leap into DJing full-time, and her forthcoming EP, which will deliver a different musical side of the busy turntablist. Thank you so much because literally over the last year, me and so many people in the music industry have flocked to your Twitch channel because you have provided 
so much love and joy during this very strange time through the music that you've been playing on your Twitch channel, whether that be on Thursday Plur, uh, or the Sunday, um, the Sunday school show that you do, which is really, really fantastic. It's just been so uplifting. So before we talk about like the success of your, your Twitch channel, mm -hmm. I really want to learn about your background. Like where did you grow up and what's kind of build your, uh, your passion for music? Yeah, um, I grew up in Los Angeles, but specifically in the San Gabriel Valley. Um, it's the other valley that nobody talks about. <laughs> um, and so I grew up there and, you know, just had so many memories of um, family parties. You know, we always had a DJ for everything. Like every party we had, we had music or a DJ or, you know, some sort of entertainment. And um, I've been into music since I was like a baby. I remember dancing in the middle of circles at, you know, quinceañeras and like battling and doing all that, that fun stuff. And um, I grew up, I'm the youngest of six. So I got a lot of influence from my family. Of course, everybody listened to so many different styles of music. Like my brother listened to rock, classic rock. My other brother was into um, disco, high energy, freestyle. My sister, who's like the closest in age to me, she listened, we, we were connected at the hip. So we'd go to like hip hop shows, ska shows, punk shows, um, you know, house parties. I mean, she was into raving before me because I was like, I'm a little younger. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just listening to mixtapes that she would get from friends or we'd go to Melrose and buy like mixtapes from Doc Martin or Frankie Bones and, mm -hmm. you know, just um, having great radio stations in LA too was super helpful in being in into good music. Like we had a, a station called Mars FM, Groove FM, Power Tools was on Power 106 by Rick, Richard Humpty Vision with like all house, hard house, like at a prime time too, you know? So I think um, living down here during that era um, of the 80s and 90s um, was amazing. I got to even go to Project Bloat and Lamert Park. And, you know, um, then I moved to San Francisco. I wanted to move to New York originally because of music. I was so in Tribe Called Quest. And, and, like everything was so amazing. Like in, <laughs> on when high school, I was in high school from 94 to 98. So all that era of, of hip hop and everything was like pulling me there, but I got too scared. So oh, no. I, got, I got into a Pace University, but I just, I, I was like, I can't do it. So I went to San Francisco instead and it was not a disappointment at all. I think it was a great, you know, amazing addition to my musical self. And I spent my twenties, um, and early 30s there and then I came back to LA so back again now in the garage in San Gabriel Valley <laughs> <laughs> that's so there's amazing things happening out of that garage let me tell you um but yeah so I actually talked to Bach Bach about this on a previous episode where he talked about like the best DJs are the people that can kind of connect the dots between all these different sounds old and new and somehow like build a story when they're DJing. And every time I see you, I literally think of that idea that you're able to like seamlessly craft together all these different genres, sounds, or like decades worth of sounds together. And you do this through literally like scratching, not even CJ, you do this on like turntables. <laughs> so how did you learn how to spin? 
Um, you know what? I actually taught myself. Um, I, I've been, okay, so I put a barrier in my mind, always thinking I could never be a DJ. Yeah, right. It's too expensive. Like, no way. Because people would say, you should DJ. And I'm like, no, I don't, like, it sounds dope. But, you know, I just love a lot of music. So they'd always ask me, what are you listening to? So finally, when I moved back to Los Angeles, that's when I was like, I think I want to DJ. Like, why not? You know, let's, I'm just going to try it. I started a podcast and, you know, was, and people were asking me, so a good, one of my best friends, she kept hearing me say, I want to DJ. She's like, look, I'm throwing a New Year's Eve party. You're going to be the DJ, get your equipment. Like I already had records, you know? And um, so I was like, I'm so down. So I got, you know, my brother got one of my turntables on my mixer. I bought a mixer on Craigslist. I'm sorry, a turntable. And, um, it started from there and I'm not going to lie for a while. I sucked. I was not good. <laughs> know what I was doing, you know, and I didn't know how to like, I, I didn't know a lot of DJs in LA at the time um, since coming back. Um, but I did have one friend DJ antique that like showed mm -hmm. stuff on Serato. And from there, you know, I was not very good. I kind of gave it up. And then I, I went back and I'm like, you know what? I bought this Serato box. I have all these records. Like just try, you know, <laughs> just like try. Yeah. I just started, um, you know, wait, at what age did you start doing this? Oh, I was, this was, um, I think I was 30, I 30. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's been, yeah, it was like later for me. Um, but I always had all that like love for music. So I think it was, finally getting the skill down to express like how you said like the classics with new stuff and because all the genres I learned from my family and just like being so open to music it was the way for me to like I love how you said like tell a story tell my story of like what I listen to what drives me and and a challenge I love to challenge myself when I'm playing music like can I put this these drums with this like acapella or like if I take out the you know just use the the vocals like it's just you know it's my love for music and um I, I was like I gotta I gotta learn I can't just be out here and not learn so <laughs> I put I put the time into it and um I'm actually taking a class at the Beat Junkies Institute of Sound um to learn scratching um, a little bit of scratching and and uh you know cleaning up mixing and and things like that and so it's just been you know, just trying trial and error. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? And I love the fact that you're still continuing to perfect your craft at the Beat Junkie Sound Institute. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes I get frustrated because I feel like in DJ culture, there's this assumption that you always have to be on point and that, you know, like you can't just like, you know, make a mistake, you know, like you, you, there's no room to make any mistake, but like we are human and, you know, everybody has different learning rates. Everybody you know, experiences DJing differently. So I love that you say, you know, when you first started out that it was a little bit of a learning curve, but obviously you have definitely grown so much skill and have become a master at it, you know? Thank you. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still learning. I feel like in the craft, there's always something new to learn. Even if it's like a new technology, a new platform, like I want to get better on CDJs. So sometimes I'll go to pirate studios here in LA and just like rent the DJ room and just practice on CDJs. And um, I would love to also extend the um, props to you. I am such a fan of your DJing. Mm -hmm. I pretty much found out about you on Twitch and then 
Instagram. And what I see, I'm just so excited to witness it live one day. I think <laughs> amazing. Like watch your blends and the way you DJ is very unique. It's not like everybody else. So I am so excited. If you ever come to LA, please, please hit me up so that we can book something together. Cause I would, it, I think we would just tear, tear it down. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Thank no, you. Thank you so much. That means so much coming from you because really you have just like inspired me so much over this last year and listening to the casual play show on NTS. Um, but where I was really just like blown away was when we actually played together um, on the loop sessions show that uh, Teddy Catano oh, yeah. put together. Wow. And you broke out onto the scene with a freaking jungle set, which was like so unexpected for folks because I don't think many people know that like you are a junglist at heart. Yeah. <laughs> Every that, day was, that song <laughs> that was insane oh my gosh yes I used to yeah I used to be in, into I still am I'm still a junglist I would go to German bass and hip-hop parties um out here in in the night like late 90s and early 2000s and then when I moved to San Francisco we were still looking for the jungle parties <laughs> and you know, it was I mean I grew up in that in that scene of like raving and um i started off as uh in you know backyard parties here in la and mm -hmm. we're kind of too young well i you know i i wasn't going to raves yet but we were going to backyard parties and high school dances and um we were calling ourselves groovers which were to me like baby ravers we just basically dressed like ravers and all danced um together and there's like dance crews and it was really fun like it was like a fun way to express ourselves so mm -hmm. growing up in that and then like graduating into becoming an actual raver like going to raves <laughs> and staying out all night you know um I'd always gravitate towards the uh, first it was like the hardcore room like happy hardcore and you'd be in like the speaker and all that and then it was like jungle was like that started to come out and I'm like what is this so I'd always be like in the jungle room and then hip-hop was it was so dope because they were like connect. So it'd be like the roots in, you know, one huge room and then like all the best jungle DJs and then all the best techno DJs. And so, um, you know, I'll, I'll never lose that love <laughs> for jungle. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's definitely making a resurgence as a late mm -hmm. day life, you know, yes. a lot of producers yes. are incorporating it. Uh, and you are actually working on a forthcoming jungle project. Am I right? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, finally stepping into production. That's something I've always wanted to do as well. I actually went to college for audio engineering and sound design. And, um, you know, I was kind of bummed out for a while because um, I, I went into like the music, uh, like the business side of music. Um, after college, I worked at a bunch of record labels and did PR and worked with artists and stuff. And I always felt like, dang, I never used, really used my, my, degree you know like god I've learned all this stuff and then once I started DJing I'm like oh finally I feel like I'm like you know finally learn you know using some of the technical stuff I learned and like sound and things like that and now that I'm stepping into production um, I'm finally seeing it full circle where it's like oh yes you know like I feel like it wasn't all that time and that money you know still paying my <laughs> but you know um to to learn and and to grow in that so i'm working on something with a project um with my friend caleb stone and um basically we're talking and he's like i think we would make some fire together i'm like ah, i think so too so 
pick out some samples or tracks you want to like, you know, we can work on and, and switch them up. And I'm like, I'm down. So I just like put on a list on my, you know, phone, some, some ideas. And uh, when we got into a studio, like literally we, we would do two or three tracks in a day. It was just like, so just, it just all went together. We work well together. We love the same sounds. He would come up with an idea. We'd be like, yes, you know, so we pretty much zoomed through the project and it's, it's really amazing. And so now we're working on, you know, getting everything together and um, a release date. We're going to put it on Bandcamp and we're just hoping folks play it, you know, like, and, and see what happens from there. And, and you get to hear my love for, <laughs> for jungle. <laughs> like, yeah, we took some oldies and some eighties and, you know, um, um, I will definitely be sending it to you and, you know, Yay. see what you Ooh. think. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Um, so, yes, let's talk about what happened prior to you launching your Twitch show. Because, you know, when the pandemic fell on everybody, like, so unexpectedly last year, I think a lot of people had, you know, canceled shows, um, had plans literally uprooted and had to like reorganize for me in particular I was literally just here on vacation visiting my family in New York I was living mm-hmm. in Asia for the last five years so oh wow yeah when the pandemic hit my job back in Asia was like yo you yeah the pandemic you can't come back and literally yeah. sent me all my stuff so I was like stuck here pretty much <laughs> but uh, what, no. what, what happened to you during that time oh you know okay so I um, had just been laid off from um, my job. I was working at Fox Studios and we had bought, we were acquired by um, Disney. So um, I was one of the people that got laid off from it, but I was ready to go. I, you know, it was a finance job. It was, you know, not for me. I'd been there for years. And so luckily I was, you know, in getting a, a nice severance package and, you know, unemployment and, and all those things. So when I pretty much knew I was going to get the boot, I started to work on a, on a booking a tour in Europe because I told myself, I'm going to, I think I'm just going to go for music then, you know, like, why not? I have the severance package. I think this is a time, like what, what other time can I do this where I won't have a job and like, you know, security and they gave me insurance for the year. I'm like, let's just go. So I started to piece together a European tour with the help of a friend. He, put it out there with his um, promoter friends out there because he's in uh, Australia mm-hmm. and I started piecing it together with like you know saying get, putting up a little bio and showing you know my show on NTS and hitting up NTS and they're helping me get gigs in London so I had a whole schedule I was so proud of myself I'm like I cannot believe this I'm like totally going on tour I was going by myself I know that probably sounds crazy now, but <laughs> I went to, I was, I, I went to Japan earlier in the year on my first solo international trip. And I just felt like if I could do this, I could do Europe on my own. So maybe it was a blessing that I did. <laughs> I had, so I had dates lined up in um, Paris, Amsterdam, um, Germany, Switzerland, London. And then I was like working on Spain and um, I had like radio shows in uh, Brussels. And so it was gonna be a long trip, you know, and I was trying to actually move to London, like seeing if I could make it happen. So that was all in the works. And luckily I had just only bought my first flight out to Paris because from there I was gonna like map it. And 
I was, I got, I don't even think I got an Airbnb because the promoter was getting me mine in, in Paris. So I bought that flight and then all of a sudden it was just like the pandemic was here and I, I was ready to leave in March. Mm-hmm. And, um, they were even asking me like, do you still want to come? And I'm like, no, <laughs> like I do not get <laughs> out somewhere by myself, you know? Cause I didn't know, like, no, nobody knew how, you know, right. I mean, the world was going to turn over. So, you know, I, I just had to cancel everything and it felt like a huge, like bummer. Just like, I was just about to go on to, you know, like I was, this was my chance. I thought that was my chance to elevate my career and you know do all those things but um the the one good thing about it was that it gave me a chance to relax because I had been DJing in LA like all the time like just like you know I was getting booked left and right and it was amazing but it was a lot you know I was working at nine to five and then I was DJing all the time so when that came that that downtime came I was like cool I'm down for this like I need a little break you know you know what DJ DJ burnout is a real thing and I don't think people understand that sometimes you know like you have to constantly be coming up you know searching for music coming up with ideas on how you're gonna you know attack your set so that could cause burnout too I totally get it yeah it was you know and then like the whole getting to the gig you know bringing your stuff and dealing with both. Yeah. You know, like it's, it was all that. So when the pandemic hit, I took advantage of taking that break. And then a friend of mine, darling Chuck was like, you should jump on IG live. Everyone's jumping on there to play. And I'm like, I don't know. And then one day on a Sunday, I called it Sunday school and I said, Hey, I'm going to play records. And that's how that started. Um, And, you know, I little did I know that it would be where it's at now. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's huge. You know, I mean, you've got like upwards of how many followers do you have on Twitch right now? Um, it's 10,300 followers. What the heck? And this was like literally just from starting the, the platform last year, right? That's huge. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I know I've like, I, you know, like I said, I didn't even expect it. I, um, it was a hard, it, it was hard to get on there at first, you know, all the equipment and, I didn't, you know, have an ethernet cord. I thought it was all wireless. And I actually bought a brand new MacBook Pro thinking that was the best streaming computer. Little did I know that I, you know, uh, PC was the way to go, but it was all trial and error. You know, it was all me learning and meeting people on Twitch that helped me out. And um, just, I did most of it on my own because of COVID. I couldn't really have anybody come over and Mm -hmm. help. And so that was you know, there's the push. I told myself, you know, I'm going to do this for the month of August and just play every day for two hours, except for Saturdays and see what happens. And like, it just grew. I'm like, what? This is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been naming the days, like, I didn't know how to change the the title of the stream forever. It was called, my stream was called Monday Moves for like two weeks. Every (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> everyone would laugh like welcome to Monday you know Groundhog Day um mm-hmm. but it's just those little things that you you look back on and it's just like wow like you really did something super cool and um you know now it's a part of my career it's part of uh, me being a DJ and um a amazing community and like I said I met you through there and yeah. and on Instagram so it's I think the the best thing to come out of it 
is the community and the support and the friendships, you know, like, yeah. you know, all these amazing DJs that I didn't even know about. And they were so big in their town or their spot. And I didn't even know. And now it's like, wow, mm -hmm. we're all connected, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's what blew me away about the platform too. Because I was like, man, I'm building like some really cool friendships online, and like I've never met any of these people before. But like, there's something about it, especially during last year, where it was tough for a lot of people that brought so much unity and, and so much friendship. So thank you, and like, you know, thank everybody who's just been providing incredible content on there. Yeah. Um, have you have what have you thought about um or have you since things have kind of opened up have you been bringing your your twitch parties to uh clubs in la or san francisco no i haven't that's something i do want to do though i need to figure that out because i think that um it'd be cool to you know um for the twitch the twitch homies to be able to see like we what we do in la and and um I have a party at the Ace Hotel and I was thinking I should try and do it there. Um, it's called Satisfaction and um, it's a residency I have once a month and um, I think it'd be cool to to tap into that. And I was also thinking of bringing like my Twitch stream IRL. So throwing like a sweet Sunday party um, somewhere in Los Angeles, like a daytime party um and then any and then stream from there and also like whoever twitch community is in la to come down and kind of be able to like do a meetup or something like that so yeah i think that'd be a really great idea and that's the next step of like learning the next twitch you know yeah <laughs> twitch. yeah <laughs> that's a fact oh my goodness and i can't wait i hope to come out to the west coast soon and just you know vibe out to the scene and just visit some friends out there and you as well so Yes, um, please come out. We would love to have you. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, oh, I discovered, so another amazing thing about your show is that I discovered a whole bunch of new music. And Kylie Tatham was one artist that like absolutely blew me away when I was listening to your streams. Um, and he came out with an album over the pandemic. I forget what it's called, uh, but it's the, the cover is of, of a little animated character who's in like a space suit. I can't oh. remember the name of the album. Yeah, let me, um, I have it on uh, Bandcamp. Uh, he is, gosh, he is so amazing. Like he's one of my favorite um, musicians ever. Like I, I think he's uh, the most talented. It's called An Insight to All Minds. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got the honor and privilege of meeting him. I went, I actually went to, Atlanta just to see him DJ. This was probably, gosh, what, 2016 or 17. Um, I'm, I, I love Broken Beat and I got into it um, like when I was still in San Francisco and I would always look up names and stuff like that. So I was into like Bugs in the Attic and, you know, Digo, Kaidi, 2000 Black, then Bass Segway. So I always just loved them and I actually became friends with a lot of them. And so I'm friends with Daz IQ and so his birthday was in Atlanta and he was having Eric Lau and Kaidi go DJ out there and I was like I am going like this is probably the <laughs> time I'm gonna see Kaidi in the States and it's true I haven't seen him like since then and so we went out there and literally danced till the morning like I and then we went to Waffle House it was so amazing it was like the most <laughs> amazing 
time. And it, the, the best part of it was saying happy birthday to dad and meeting Kaidi in person and just being like, I am such a fan. So, <laughs> you know, anytime that I could play his stuff, I mean, and, you know, share it with more people, I, I'm so willing to do that. And it's so cool because he actually went to, um, he went to Jazzy Jeff's uh, playlist retreat, mm -hmm. which is um, this really, it looks so, uh, like music Mecca. Like they get some of the best DJs and producers together at his house and they just basically make music for like a weekend or some, I don't know, a week or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was so happy and excited to see that Kaidi was there because He's just like a master and, and he, I would love for more people to know about his music. So I'm so happy that you like pointed out that you found out about Kaidi through the stream. Cause he's so dope. <laughs> <laughs> this is so true. You know, there's a lot of people who, um, or a lot of DJs probably that kind of dabble between the nine to five life and actually doing gigs. But for you who has taken that plunge um, into DJing full time, What's one piece of advice that you can give an aspiring DJ on really taking that leap of faith and going for it full time? Um, I would say, uh, you know, make sure the skills that, you know, are on point, you feel confident, um, you know, always be curious about new music and finding music and connecting with people. Um, it, you know, I know because of COVID, it's a little different, but, mm -hmm. you know, say you're a streamer, right? And you're just like, I want to stream and I, you know, want to build my channel. I would say kick in and other people's channels, like support, basically support other DJs, support other musicians, because it comes back to you. It always does, because that's how it, you know, that's how we all thrive is with each other. Um, so being a part of the community that you want to be in, um, and genuinely, you know, make, make friends and, and just have fun. Um, I think that's the way to uh, network, you know, digitally and then in person, like if you're someone that's out and about now and you're, you're trying to get gigs or you want to continue um, growing your network, just be out there, meet people and, um, you know, just play what you love. I mean, if there's something you're not into, like maybe you could pass that party on to someone you know would be dope for it, you know? Cause I've had to do that where I'm like, I can't be everything, you know, like <laughs> so many styles of music, but there's some that I'm really great at. And then there's stuff that I don't know much about it or like, I don't listen to it as much. So I don't want to be that person that's just like gobbling up all the gigs because yeah. they're coming like we need to spread it around and so knowing what you're good at and what you're great at I think that helps um you have a, a good time while you're while you're DJing and um and you know being out there so you know just have a great network of friends and supporters and people that are gonna you know let give you good feedback and 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 just have fun you know enjoy it I mean this mm -hmm. is a job that is such I'm so grateful to have, you know, like to be able to play music that I love for other people is a blessing. So, you know, if it's not fun, um, try and find the fun in it uh, if you can.
We're coming out of the interview between me and Spinurita. Man, what a pleasure to talk to her. I can't tell you how many times I've locked into her Twitch show and I've just been so amazed by how she really just invites you into her world of music, you know. I've learned about so many great musicians from listening to her show of the last year. Like we mentioned, Kaidi Tatham when we were, were talking in our combo. I mean, absolutely incredible. And I cannot wait until I make my way out west and actually get to see her perform like live in the flesh. That's going to be so much fun. Well, that is the end of this episode. But as always, if you're new to the show and you're just kind of looking about and trying to see what past shows you can check out, we are on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, you name it, just type club management. And of course, we can always use your support. We have a Patreon. If you can support the show at patreon.com slash club management one until next time.